afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the war. It hasn't gone away. Hallelujah. It's only getting worse. So we praise you, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, King of kings and Lord of lords, who is victorious already in this war. Father God, and even though it feels like it's raging all around us and falling down on our heads, we are victorious. The battle belongs to you. So I pray that you tuck each one today who's uh, been involved, captured, uh, held hostage, overwhelmed, stripped, crushed in this word that they will know that they may be crushed, but they're not destroyed. And I thank you, Jesus, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and heart to be calmed down in the truth of the living God, that the spirit of anxiety and negativity and panic do not get to determine or dictate to us who we are. The pit does not determine who we are. The ruler of the pit, the God of this world, does not get to define who we are. We are defined by who you say we are. And I thank you, Jesus, that we'd start looking at ourselves the way you see us instead of the way everybody else sees us or what they've said to us or done to us. Lord God, that we would walk in the fullness of the, uh, our true divine nature as, king, as sons and daughters of the Most High God. I thank you, Jesus, that you de- declared war on the devil when you came down here and you died on the cross and he thought he had killed you. I thank you, Lord, you rose from the dead. I thank you took the keys back from him. I thank you led captivity captive. I thank you you gave us power and gifts to bind, to loose, to forgive and love even our enemies, Lord God, and that we'd understand the power of those gifts. So today, Lord, as we go forward against the prince of the power of the air through these radio waves, that you would shield us with the shields of God around us, around our families, around all that pertains to us and those who work for us and pray for us and love us, those who are listening to us, that they would gain courage again today to know that God is real, that the revelation of Jesus Christ is real, that we'd rightly divide your holy word of truth, and that no weapon, as we promised, as God has promised, as we have believed, no weapon formed against us will prosper, but only cause all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. We thank you for courage, that the courage and faith of Jesus Christ has already finished this work. So be not discouraged. And so we welcome you to Rescue Radio. Thank you for those of you, too, now who are starting to join us on YouTube and Facebook. Awesome to see that you're checking in. Um, and we are going to be doing this kind of show with uh, going through the various books of the Bible. But we're also going to be doing from time to time, uh, probably once a month actually, topics related to uh, mental, emo- emotional, spiritual health issues of uh, spiritual warfare that are would be topical instead of just um, through the Scripture itself. So, hey, welcome. Yeah. Good morning. <clears throat> Here we are. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Clearing my throat. Here we are. And ready to go. Matthew, Mark chapter 7. We've been going through the book of Mark. In chapter 7, when Jesus was dealing with the, um, the scribes and Pharisees, religious leaders that yep. were all taken up with ceremonial hand washing and, religious and, and legalism. Rip, ripping yep. off their parents because they were giving stuff to God. And, you know, and he <laughs> the talked, traditions of and, men. And, and yep. The traditions of men. And Jesus confronts that head on, of course. And then he just shows, he says, it's not stuff that you do on the outside. It's what's going on in the inside. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the out of the heart. Mm-hmm. The heart. Jeremiah said, "The heart of man is is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it?" So Jesus said, "All the defiling of man is not 
you know, from just outward kinds of things, and you can't get rid of it by outward ceremonies of right, any kind. Right. No can't matter wash how, your sins away by you washing your hands. Yeah, right, right, right. But he says it comes from the heart. So what's needed is a, is a new heart, a transform, a heart transform, a heart transplant, really. And yeah. and that's what the new covenant is all about: mm-hmm. is putting God's a law new heart and God's laws into our hearts. In the laws of not just a bunch of rules. But the the God is a lot of love, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and uh-huh. your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. And That's forgiving what Jesus and loving said. your enemies, yeah. And so Jesus takes a break here after all this. He goes about 30 miles, mm-hmm. very likely on foot. I mean, he didn't mm-hmm. catch a taxi or a bus. Or a bike or, over there. Or bike. <laughs> he goes like 30 miles to the northwest. He, he's on the northwest kind of shore of the Sea of Galilee here at Gennesaret. And, and basically the Sea of Galilee was also known as the Lake of Gennesaret. But he goes up to the northwest to the coast, the eastern coast of the Mediterranean Sea, and, and to Tyre, the area of Tyre and Sidon. Now, Tyre and Sidon, you know, we you, you can read maybe a little bit from Tyre, mm-hmm. uh, from the Old Testament, but mm-hmm. I, I, even in this day, it was a very prosperous and wicked, it was a Gentile city. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus ministered primarily to the Jews, right? Because right? right. the, the gospel, Romans one sixteen, Paul says, the gospel is to the Jew first and then to the Greek, to, or to the Gentile. Mm-hmm. And, and so Jesus is beginning to probe it. This is the only time we have recorded in Scripture that he actually goes into primarily Gentile territory. Yeah, except when he was going through Samaria, which was a kind of a hybrid. Yeah, that was a, a hodgepodge. Yeah, of, but, but let's look in Ezekiel for a minute to find out what Tyre is. It's a city. It's spelled, yeah, it's spelled T-Y-R-E. And it was uh, in Ezekiel 28, it says, The word of the Lord came to me again, saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God. So we hear, we see again a confirmation that there are demonic ruling principalities or princes or entities that take the names of the territories that they rule over. Like there would be a prince over Minneapolis, there'd be a prince over Kansas City, there'd be a prince uh, ruling princes over various uh, countries, nations, nations, cities, etc. Even uh, controlling spirits, they have a hierarchy of control. Yeah, and, and even and you've seen we've legislation. discovered this. Uh, just even years ago, there's there's areas of demonic control, maybe lesser principalities and powers or whatever. Or different. Different ones, mm-hmm. even in various lo- localities. Yeah, for example, you're gonna, I know what you're going to tell in them. In different blocks. How the, the highways sometimes will d- divide off if you pay attention. You're going along a highway. We were going um, south, north and south on a highway in Minneapolis, and we noticed that on the uh, east side of the road, was everything was prosperous, growing, building, developing, housing developments, new malls, etc. And on the west side of the road, everything was down, deteriorated, junk. Mm-hmm. And and so we watched this for years, and and then and we said, hey, this is just a road between. The, why isn't this ha- happening on the west right, side of the road? Right. And we figured it out that basically there are two different principalities, and that road was a dividing between their sections, their territories, their turf. And one was a, a, a spirit of prosperity and materialism. The other one was, it was just like poverty, disorder, neglect. Yeah, chaos. That sort of thing. But we did, I remember we, we did pray about that. And now, yeah. actually, you go up to that same area. That area on the uh, west side of the road is, is, is prosperous. Yeah, it pretty much so. So, yeah. so there's, there's authority. Things can, 
things can change quickly. And, and manifest. And, you know, we just take all these little things we do for granted. You drive down the road, you don't make any notice anything in particular. But in this Prince of Tyre in uh, 28 of Ezekiel, uh, thus says the Lord God. So we know there's a Prince of Tyre. So when Jesus is going to Tyre, he's coming into the territory of the Prince of Tyre. And uh, uh, he says, because your heart, this is the Prince of Tyre, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am a God, I sit in the seat of a, of the God of gods in the midst of the seas. So Tyre was on the seacoast. Yet you are a man and not a God, though you set your heart as the heart of a God. Behold, are you wiser than Daniel? There is no secret that can be hidden from you with your wisdom and with your understanding. So Tyre and, and Sidon were known for their wisdom. So this woman who's going to be coming to Jesus is a wise woman. You'll see as we go through the conversation with her how she was very articulate and very able to uh, come against or uh, present her argument or her case, her request to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, you have gained riches for yourself. You have gathered gold and silver in your treasuries. By your great wisdom in trade, you have increased your riches. It's still in Ezekiel. And your heart is lifted up because of your riches. So there was this was very materialistic, very... This is kind of what we are, very self-satisfied, materialistic. We have our technology, we have our materialism, we have our money, we have our wealth. We have no need of God. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have set your heart as the heart of a God, behold, therefore, I will bring, I will bring um, strangers against you, the most terrible of the nations, and they will draw their swords against you, against you and against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall throw you down into the pit, capital P, and you shall die the death of the slain in the midst of the seas. Um, then he goes on to say, he's switching metaphors a little bit in the same chapter. In verse 12, he says, uh, Son of man, take up the lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Well, who was in Eden, the garden of God, if not that the would be Lucifer, serpent? The serpent. <laughs> the serpent. Um, every precious stone where you're covering... And the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise, and the emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes were prepared for you on the day you were created. So this is where we get the description of Lucifer, the worship leader of heaven, who had this the sound of music, so to speak, the timbrels, the pipes, the organs, built right inside of his body. And, um, and he says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. So he was covering what? Well, he was the worship leader covering the presence of God. Mm -hmm. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So this is where we get a lot of the descriptions of of Lucifer, uh, the, the, the timbrels, the instruments, the organs, the pipes, the whatever inside of him, and then the beautiful shimmering uh, rubies, sapphires, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, was a ruby in there? I don't think a ruby was actually in there. But anyway, all these precious, he was beautiful. And so he was a puffed up. He was, a, until iniquity was found in you. So this is where Jesus is going to the, to the territory of Tyre. And we would imagine Satan has reserved some of these um, beautiful places and blessed and prospered them for the purpose of deceiving them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So really, you know, they had a king. They had, there was a king of Tyre or mm-hmm. prince of Tyre that actually kind of believed he was God. He was he was he was deity. But the who who's the real king behind the king? 
who's the real prince behind the prince? And in this case, it's Lucifer himself. Cor- correct. It's, yeah. it's Satan. So the thing is, we have to look behind the curtain, okay? Our we, leaders we, we are... We tend to look yeah. at... We look at... We see the leaders that are on stage, okay? Or those uh, who are wanting those, to get on stage. Those, uh, those who are wanting to go on stage, yeah, but... Okay, what's going on behind the curtain? You know, in a in a regular play or something, there's always the techies, mm-hmm. there's the producers, mm-hmm. the directors. They're pulling all the strings. The they're stuff, pushing they're the buttons. They're the stuff turning that's on the going lights. On yep. Behind the stage. Mm-hmm. So what's going on behind the stage? You know, in yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Minnesota, in for the example, spiritual war. In the spiritual war, there's World. principalities and powers and powers of wickedness that are behind. The uh, political, religious leaders. The agendas. Uh, the, uh, there's an mm-hmm. agenda there. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Jesus has come to this this what, place, well, this region, this area. One more thing about, to just emphasize what you've said. In Ephesians chapter 6, uh, Paul says in uh, chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but here's what we wrestle against, and just what you said, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. <coughs> so we're seeing here that Paul is confirming that we are wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against these these uh, higher this hierarchy of principalities and powers and rulers and dar- of the darkness of this age. Just this is what Jesus was uh, walking into, uh, working against all the time. And one of the things I'd like to say about powers, there's principalities that would be like the prince of the prince of Persia. We hear that in Daniel, the prince of Greece. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, so these are confirmed in the Word of God, and they haven't changed. This this has not changed. There's nothing. In the indicated in the history from Eden to now that would have broke up any of this. No, it, it's, it continues. It, it continues. continues. Yeah, but yeah. The, the powers are like uh, uh, influences. Like, right. for example, some areas are influenced to be more uh, sexually perverted. They have more issues, more agendas, more um, things that are manifesting in that arena of sexual perversions or uh, homosexuality, gender identity confusion. Other powers may be manifesting more like in Chicago, for example, of murder and violence. Oh. And so you see that in different areas, there are different, or in other places, given more to witchcraft, like Sedona, where there's 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 high points, there's places, mm-hmm. there's portals. So things happen uh, for a reason. And if you pay attention to the, the demons, the the powers will manifest, and they'll manifest in the people, in the behavior. There's some places where there's poverty, some places where there's opulence, and it, it's just that it's, it's an endless thing. Um, some places where there's insanity. When you're walking into a place, be aware of what power might be prevailing there so that you cannot be caught off guard or, well, or taken uh, unaware. Well, part, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is discerning of spirits. Absolutely. And God wants us to sniff these things out because, we, you know, you can't just go by looking at outward appearance Ab- on these absolutely. things. Absolutely not. But, 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 though, but there, yeah, but there is... There is outward evidence. Yep. There is mm-hmm. outward physical manifestation yes. of what the spirits are in the background. So the thing is, too, it's just basically, it's like the apple tree. You don't get rid of the apple tree by plucking off the apples. Mm-hmm. You right. get rid of the apple tree by uprooting it totally. So God has called us. This is where the warfare is, like you just yeah, read, Marjorie, yeah, yeah. that Paul says we're, we're against these principalities and powers. So 
we are there to to bind and to loose, and we have given authority. Mm-hmm. We're we're working in the midst of all this stuff. Well, we're declaring, and and that is working because we stand and having done all the stand. So we're declaring the works of God that are already done. But it's interesting that you said we have to, and and I totally agree with you. We have to, on the one side of the coin, look at, pay attention to what's manifesting, what's going on, Mm -hmm. discerning it. And on the other side of the coin, we have to disregard how it looks when the devil is presenting to us all the negative scenarios and it is what it is. It's never going to change. And I, I give up. So when it's being presented as a temptation to your mind to create discouragement or division uh, or prayerlessness or whatever, there are two two sides to this truth coin. The one side is you must be very alert and discerning and and listen, pay attention, walk in the spirit, discern. And the other side, you know, uh, disregard how it feels and how it looks because you're there to do the will of God. So now back to Jesus, who's here to do the will of God. Yeah, he's here to do the will of God. And I mean, that's wherever he was, he was there to do the will of God. Yeah. Uh, he he's, he comes there and he entered into a house. It says we're in Mark chapter seven verse twenty four, and and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. And I'm just wondering too. I mean, I believe number one, well maybe number two. He he's maybe looking for a break, but but he's on a mission. Jesus mm-hmm. is always on a mission. Right when he's, you know, coming apart when he's with alone with the Father, mm-hmm. you know, praying. He's on a mission, and he wanted to nobody know it, but he couldn't couldn't be hidden. It's just like he's got a big. He he was you know a celebrity in a sense. People mm-hmm. had been hearing about him, mm-hmm. even in this old Gentile community. Word was getting out about Jesus. Yeah, and 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 it says even in this idolatrous pagan, controlled by the god of Tyre materialism opulence. There was there was a breakthrough. There was a crack in the armor. There was. Uh, a need that had happened. Yeah, and and really, Jesus was basically the gospel is for everybody, mm-hmm. right? We, we, there's it's it's universal. It's 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 for every person. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, He's He's come here. It's just kind of like a beginning probe, a, a beginning right. foray into the Gentile world that really later on mm-hmm. was done through the apostles, particularly the apostle Paul. Yes, especially Paul. Because he said we're to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. So this is like the first probe in there. And, uh, for, and then it says, verse 25, for a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, now we don't know if she had a husband or, you know, single parent or whatever the deal was. A woman who had a whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him. Now they must have heard something about that he was casting out demons, that he was healing mm-hmm. the sick, that he was there. And it says she came and fell at his feet. So, but let's let's look at this in Matthew. First, the first part. Yeah, yeah, Jesus went out from there. And departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Verse 22 of Matthew 15. Um, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from, the, from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Let's go back to this lady a little bit. She, she's a, uh, her background, she, she's a uh, 
She heard about Jesus. Mm-hmm. She's a, a, a Syrophoenician. She is actually, she's a Greek. And at that time, this Syrophoenicia was an area, it was part of Syria. Mm. And, and this part now that we, where she was from or where she lived, what is modern day Lebanon. Okay. Mm. So she's, she's a Greek. She's not a Jew. She's a, a Gentile. And Mark describes her as a Syrophoenician. So Mark is writing primarily for Gentiles, mm-hmm. for, for so Romans they would understand this. So they would understand mm-hmm. the area that she's from. And then, and then Matthew, where you just read, right. uh, Marjorie, calls her a Can- from Canaan, a, a, a Canaanite, which of course the Jews is like a Canaanite. Those were that was Unclean. one of the one of the peoples, uh, uh, one of the nations that God said go in and destroy right, everybody right. Mm-hmm. when the uh, Israelites and that's invaded the one promised of the land. nations that was filled with giants, right, as we right. know. But but let's go back and say this this lady had a a young daughter who had an unclean spirit. Well, she said in Ma- in Matthew, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. Um, and she says um, she fell at his feet in Mark, and she says has an unclean spirit. Um, oh. She came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician uh, by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Before we go to that part, let's look at this demon possession of children um, and what is demon possession anyway? And can kids be demon possessed? Can people, Christians, anybody, dogs, cats, can people, pigs, be demon possessed? Well, and, and you know, the issue too is how how could a little girl like this, young daughter, uh-huh. we don't know how old she was, but I mean, uh-huh. what 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 are some things that could have happened where a, a young child becomes demonized? Well, in modern day, I would the first thing I'd say if they uh, this child was brought to me, I would say, was she sexually abused? Um, for sure, that is one of the entry points often used by the enemy to pre create this because it says she had an unclean spirit. So I would imagine that this kid was out of control. This daughter was out of control. She was beside herself. She was maybe well, m- manifesting insanity or trauma, uh, uh, tantrums. She could have been also. Um, uh, doing sexually ex- expressive things that are improper and uh, inappropriate for children, and so there could have been that kind of uh, concern on her mother's part. And so this this lady, she comes. She said, and the "Amplified Bible really brings out the meaning of the original language here." Mm-hmm. And behold, a woman who was a Canaanite from that district came out and with a loud, troublesome, urgent cry. We think, "Oh, she fell at her speeches." Oh, there she is. She was but she, wailing. Uh, probably she's wailing, desperate. She cried. And she's begging, have mercy on me, O Lord. And Mm -hmm. you know that this, in the book of Mark, this is the only time Jesus is referred to as Lord. It's Mm. from a Gentile lady. Who recognizes his position. From from a a pagan, evil Mm -hmm. background. And she says, here she says about her daughter, my daughter is miserably... And Amplified Bible, my daughter is miserably and distressingly and cruelly possessed by a demon. So that it brings out the original language mm-hmm. that you don't get really in English. That's what the Amplified does. But it, so, so she's really right. 
she's like you said taken she's over very, controlled yeah, very tormented. very taken over very very tormented and can't you can't handle those kind of kids with time out, out and discipline control. and and, right. co- and reasoning you're, you're trying to reason with a spirit that's not them and i think right. a lot of people these days we try all of our psychology on them we you know timeouts and boundaries and and lists and behaviors and and reward systems and uh, it, it doesn't work because you're dealing with something that is not reasonable, and so she was desperate. Lord have mercy on me, my uh, son of David. She knew actually, like you said, she this was the first step to her daughter's being healed, was the mother's position. And when your child is demon demonized, demon possessed, let's again go back and look at can a child be demon possessed? Can a Christian be demon-possessed? Can anybody be demon-possessed? In English, that word has three different meanings, actually. English is a kind of a sloppy language, and the other languages are more specific in what their words mean. Exactly. So in in English, the word love is the same way. You've got so many, you know, use love. I love mashed potatoes. I love you. You know, it's the same kind of word, but it means different things. So possessed can mean three different things. To own, like you own a house. To occupy, like you occupy the house that you don't own. Or to control through occupation. And I think the example would be uh, someone can own a house and not occupy that house. They can own, they can be the landlord. Mm-hmm. Or they can occupy the house that they don't technically own. They can be the renter. Or they can control an area through occupation that they don't rightfully own. Like Hitler, when he, when he went into Poland, for example, he occupied that nation. Mm-hmm. It took their people, their citizens captive, enslaved them. It controlled them through that occupation, through his intimidation. But he did not own Poland. And so this is what happens. And it's like this, can a, can a Christian have a rat in their house? You know, a lot of our theology is really screwed up and off base because, yes, a Christian can have a rat in their house. Well, does that make them a rat? No. Can a child have a trauma? All of our children these days are being born under heavy-duty demonic afflictions because we are under the, at the end of the avalanche of generational iniquities. And no one has taken the time three, four generations back to do any correcting of our course. And so now this avalanche is coming down on our children. That's why we have more children being born with autism and hyperactivity. We have much more anxiety. We have eating issues, eating disorders. We have all kinds of, you know, we're medicating them. The the number of children, I don't have stats, but it doesn't matter because it's true. The stats also indicate that there's many more young, young, young children on high-powered medications, which are ways of trying to manage their emotions, manage their behaviors, numb them out, shut them down, sedate them. Um, and rather than get to the re- real issue, we try to sedate them. We, we lock them up. We, we get, put them into treatment. I just had a couple of people recently who have had difficulties with their adopted children and, and their own biological children as well. And they, the, the, the community, the, the services that the world offers are so peace, like putting a Band-Aid on a cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but so she is desperate, and she recognizes that it's an unclean spirit. Uh, I think that's a, a, a word that can classify any spirit. Any spirit that's after you is unclean. It's unholy. It's vile. It's not from the kingdom of God. It's from the kingdom of hell, where uncleanness is the order of the day. And so... What do you do with these kids? Well, well, she knew there was only one thing she could do. She must have tried a lot of things more than likely because she's already desperate. And, I mean, this is like the, like the man who brings his son in Mark chapter 9. We'll see the same kind of desperation mm-hmm. in the parent. The child is foaming at the mouth. The demon is seizing him. The man knows. He says, my son has a mute spirit. He, he couldn't talk. He was deaf and dumb, evidently, as we go down the list. 
and had an unclean spirit. But the, the parents were not saying, well, you know, they, they weren't looking for a diagnosis here. They were not looking for a treatment plan. They were not looking for a, 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 a human resource, a secular resource like the church so many times doesn't deal with the demons. It sends their people off to some secular treatment program. Treatment program. Mm-hmm. Even Christian treatment programs are basically not working. Not much better than... Because they're not getting to the real deliverance okay. issue. These kinds of things have to be cast out. They, it's like a tumor. You can't manage a tumor by eating more broccoli. You have to get the tumor, the cancerous tumor, out. Even if it's benign, you want it out. You don't want it to flip and turn cancerous. So the thing is, this needed to be deliver, a deliverance and to be gotten right. out and of her. It's interesting, though, the, you know, the point being the parents recognize... That's exactly right. They recognize this was this was demonic. This, they, was, yep. this was demons. Yeah, they weren't going to try to fix this with a vitamin or a pill or a, 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 a Zoloft or a you know a, a antipsychotic medication. They, you're exactly right. And before your child can be healed, you have to be in your, uh, the right position. The man who brought his son and this woman were both in a spiritually right position. The, the man was t- was you know exhausted and said, "Lord, help my unbelief." This woman, she didn't go there. She just said, "Lord, you know, son of David, have mercy." On me, my daughter is severely demonized, so possessed. So to possess, for going back for a second to that word, possess, own, control, occupy. People say, well, how can a Christian have a demon? Because you know, how can we be you know owned by God and owned by the devil at the same time? Well, you can't. God either owns the house or the devil owns the house, and you live in it either way until you die, and then you get a new house. But so when we get our when we give our lives back to Jesus Christ, look at the the history of the house that you have. First of all, that house you got li- that you're living, your tent, your dwelling place, your body, your life was created by God. Then it was bought back. It was lost. You know, Satan came in and, and confiscated the house. Then Jesus Christ paid the price to buy that house back. So then he gave it back to you. And now on this third act, the, the, the final cinching of the deal, so to speak, is that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He comes to dwell with you by his Holy Spirit in the house. And so now he lives in the house with you. Then you say, our theology says, well, well, good, then we can't have demons in there because God and Satan can't be in the same place at the same time. But that is absolutely not true. We see this from d- biblical examples. We see uh, Jesus and Satan in the wilderness, in the same wilderness place at the same time. We see in the Garden of Gethsemane, same thing. Satan is there tempting Jesus at the same time. We see in the book of Job, uh, where Satan mm-hmm. was uh, up in heaven uh, provoking God. Where have you been? Right, oh, right before the right throne. Before the throne. So God, and they say, well, light and darkness can't be in the same place at the same time. That's another poor analogy because light and darkness are in the same place at the same time, all the time. Light is simply more powerful than the darkness, and there's a cycle that's, that, that, you know, well, the sun, the day, the moon, the night. It's, 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 it, was, it was ordained in the foundation of the world. That was the way it was going to be. But they are always in the same place at the same time. Well, it's, it's like, it's, it's another simple way of saying it. It's just, can two people be in the same room at the same time? Of course. And <laughs> Satan is a person, but he just doesn't have a body. He has a name. He's an entity. He has an agenda. He has, a, a, he has a, a, an assignment to destroy. And how better to destroy us than to destroy our children, to go after our children or our grandchildren? And so, first of all, if you have a child who's traumatized, tormented, not acting, right? Some kids are born, come out of the womb, screaming, yelling, crying, mm-hmm. colicky, fearful, agitated. Some come out of the womb uh, traumatized by their birth. Some come out of the womb with defective 
body parts not working, brains, whatever. This only means God did not create them this way. God does not create deformed people or he doesn't slam and slice our DNA. What happens is the enemy does that. He traumatizes, he wrecks. You know, there's good, God creates us good, but the environment can wreck, uh, you know, the DNA, the generational uh, transmissions of genes and chromosomes can be, it's, it's, it's fragile in some ways and very, very resilient in others, but it can be altered. It can be assaulted. It can be, uh, you can send uh, radio waves. You can, you can, you can send uh, ways, do things to assault and, and alter the DNA in the womb, whatever. And, and the generational junk that comes on the bloodlines gives Satan permission to do these things. So this girl may have been born fine and, and ended up picking this up. She could have picked it up through sexual assault. There's no reason to believe she wasn't sexually assaulted because in that community, in that type of environment where sexual perversion and opulence and pedophilia and all these kinds of things could be going on as it is today, these children are cannot handle that. So what they do is they freak out, they disassociate, and the demon takes over that little part of their body, that two-year-old, that three-year-old, that five-year-old. And then that in that mentality of the five-year-old who's being traumatized, who's disassociating, um, there's fear, there's terror, there's manifestation. So on the one side, the child is being uh, helplessly persecuted, abused, sexually assaulted. This can be mo- emotional as well. It can be physical. It doesn't have to always be sexual. But on one side of their continuum of, of life, they're on the torture rack of, of being hurt, violated, terrified, uh, alone, abandoned, uh, and on the other side of that torture rack, the enemy's giving him a solution to the problem he set up. So now their solution is, I've got to take care of myself. I've got to be stubborn, bullheaded, strong-willed. Take, I don't believe anybody. Don't trust anybody. And that is another demon. It's a strong. It's a, It's the strong man, the familiar spirit. So Jesus did not show us exactly what he did here, as we go on to see. But in our case, you have to recognize there are principalities. There are also strong men who are like principalities, only the property they're holding on to is human beings. They're not holding on to, you know, attractive land or something. They're holding on to us because we are considered property to them. And God also said, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. So we're a kingdom. So they come in to take hold of us. And the way they do that and the way they identify themselves when they do that is by taking our name. So to name the strong man who's coming in to plunder the house of yourself or your child or plunder you, get you to be unbelieving, doubtful, fearful, and then knock you in a corner and steal your child, the way that, that Satan does that is through claiming them through uh, the, the right of names. For example, um, in this one particular case, the child was adopted uh, from a, a continent that's very hostile to us and to Christianity. And that was one problem. There was also persecution of this family's generational bloodline that came from that country. But there was also a, um, a spirit that they kept the, 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 the first name of the child, in the, the first name that was given to the child. They kept that as the middle name when they brought the child into their home as adopted. So familiar spirits will oftentimes work through those claimed names. Like if you name your child, your middle name of your child is named after a great-grandfather or grandmother, then that child, mm-hmm. that familiar spirit will take that name, for example, the name of James. If you've named your, your child James, middle name, first name, doesn't matter, but that name has been carried down the bloodline, and th- then you can mark your, mark. look, those children will be more like that person than pretty much anybody else in their bloodline. So na- the name itself, you know, it's like when we think of 
the name of Jesus. We're not just talking about the name Jesus, but we're talking about who he is, his character, who he represents. Yep. So what you're saying is not just it's not just the label, right. it's the contents. And sometimes we, we name a child after a, uh, an ancestor or a parent or whatever to honor the parent. But when you honor the parent, you've made an agreement that whatever you liked or admired in that pe- person would be also, you know, this child would be given in honor of that in person. But that person also had negative qualities. So, for example, this familiar spirit of James would use the name James, for example, would push out, elbow out all the other um, entourage of demons who are vying for a position in that child by saying, I have the name James, therefore I have first dibs on getting into this child. And I know that sounds weird and crazy, but you know what? The reason we can say this is because whatever we know in the natural world is amplified in the spiritual world. We have all kinds of uh, in the natural world, we have all kinds of systems. We have communications. We have schools. We have roads. We have inter, 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 uh, infrastructures. We have governments. We have ju- judicial systems, all that kind of stuff. And y- that is the same. That is replicated in the spiritual world uh, to the mega degree because w- just because we don't know it doesn't mean it's not there. So the spiritual world is a dimension that works and operates beyond the, the three-dimensional world we live in of body, soul, and spirit or or uh, volume and and depth and height. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's it's <laughs> the environment, the universe, right. the atomic structure, all everything there is in the in environment, the, mm-hmm. the hills, Effects. the mountains, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the all the ecosystems, all the all the various life forms. Right. Are, it's a, it's a, it's incredibly intricate. You but know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and 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 so we, well, we have to recognize that there's a the spiritual dimension. Is that is as, as well developed, as well if not more defined and yep. intricate. Intricate, but we a lot of times we just don't we don't see that, you know. That we don't pay attention to that because we're living in a in a, in a, we're, in a we're focused on, on our on <coughs> five our senses, senses, what right. we can observe, what we can see, feel, taste, yeah. touch, mm-hmm. smell, and we think that's the extent of the real world, and that's it. And there's nothing beyond that because we can't see it, smell it. Well, what about the eagles who can see better than us? <laughs> yeah. Is their world different than ours because they can see more than we can or better than we can? Um, and so the thing is, but going back to this, uh, the, the woman had the right perspective. She was standing on solid ground. She absolutely knew that she knew that this was a spiritual thing. This was a demon. It was tormenting her child, and she wasn't trying to go for medical advice here. She was going to the Lord, who was the only one big enough, strong enough to deal with this demon and help her out. Well, you, you think of if, if she, what's, what's this lady's future? Uh, what's this daughter's future None. without coming to Jesus? None. I mean, is she going to go to some right. uh, witch doctor, some yeah. some psych, psychic or something like that back yeah, in some, then? I mean, th- there, there is, there is no hope outside of Jesus. And some of you are this. right there, right now, and I know you are. I know you've got kids like this. I know you've got grandkids like this. I know you've seen your friends, your neighbors. Maybe you're in your own family. Maybe your own child is like this, and you don't know where to stand, where to begin. You've you've spent all your money. You've you've re- your resources are pretty much spent and gone. And people just sending you from one treatment program, one pill to the next to the next, up the medications, send them over to this. Uh, now we have it's a new program called. It's in more ways um, than one. Yeah, we have now partial hospi- hospitalization plans. Uh, new things all the time coming up to to give people some hope. There's no hope except in Jesus more Christ. More and more uh, programs and more and more diagnoses Failure. Yeah. of things. There, th- The list of of diseases, sicknesses, is increasing. Mm-hmm. M- a- a mental, emotional issues, 
The, well, it, yeah. The list is growing. Yeah. There's more and more names. Well, read further and further in the de- in things. the book of Deuteronomy 28. The more and more they rebelled, and he says, and if you don't repent, then these things, even more severe plagues, and mm-hmm. and it, so the if you go through that whole book, by the end of the book, there's nothing left except you know death and destruction, because they wouldn't turn, they wouldn't repent. But this is very interesting. So she has a firm, strong faith in the Lord. Now listen to what happens. I'm going to read it out of Matthew for a second. Um, but he answered her not a word. She said, my, my, she says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. He didn't, he says, but he answered her not a word. He was quiet. He didn't say, he didn't, he acted like he didn't hear her or like he didn't notice. And she was freaking out to the point where the disciples got on her, on his case and said to him, his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. Get this woman, this crazy woman, out of here. A lot of times we look at people, they're acting crazy. They're actually desperate. We think they're insane. We call the ambulance. We call the EMTs. We call the, the guys in the white jacket. We don't hear what they're saying. We, the, the disciples says, get her out of here. I mean, what, what was the purpose of their being entire and set on? It was surely not to deal with this woman. They didn't want to deal with her, didn't want to mess with her. She is in the way. So he, he said nothing. Why did he say nothing? He, in, in Mark, he says... Um, what does he say? He says, uh, this woman, let's see. She, and Jesus said to her, uh, well, in, in this one, um, she she kept asking, kept asking. So she was yeah. pressing, yeah, asking him to cast the demon out of her jo- daughter. She's but but yeah. Mark does not say what Matthew says. Mark goes right and says, but Jesus said to her. Well, first Jesus said nothing to her, which is crazy. Put the two stories together. Yeah, put the two stories, because they're both the telling. the same story, th- just yeah. different aspects of the yep, same story. Yep, exactly. And so, so he said nothing to her. The di- disciples get freaked out, and then um, they said, "Send her away." Then he, but he, then he answered and said to her, "I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house uh, of Israel." Wait, wait a minute, yeah. Back to this whole thing. Send her, send them away. Remember the time of the feeding of the five thousand. Yeah, they wanted to send them away again. Send them away. Get them out of here. You know, send them away. So, so a lot of times, this is the attitude of the disciples of Jesus today, as you said. Mm-hmm. Send them away. Oh, the church can't help you. We know this treatment center. Mm-hmm. We send. We'll mm-hmm. send you. We'll. The church will send people to right. secular, worldly. Right. Uh, things because we don't we don't want to do it. We don't know well, how. Well, you know to what? That's it. that's a, can can I delightfully say, the shame for that, is in that we have believed that we have no power. We have not believed right. the word of God. We have believed the power of the professionals, the doctors. They, they curse people a lot without even knowing it. They want to cover their butts, so they say the worst case scenario. Right. But the thing, and not all of them are like that, but. So we have the word of the professionals. There's no hope. She's labeled. So we can all get paid by the insurance companies mm-hmm. for dealing with this kid. But we don't really, we don't care if she gets healed. We just care that we get paid. And so, right. but, but going back to this Jesus, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But basically he's saying uh, permission denied. Your request is denied. You know, I don't want to, this, you're, 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 this is, but there was, so when you go to God and God denies your request or says, this is not for you. This is, except, this is not for except the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She did not go away with her tail between her legs and say, well, forget you so, then, yeah, God. Forget it, yeah, because the door is closed. Why bother? Okay. But he says, and, and so in, in Mark, he, he said, and this is going again along with an understanding, a parable that the Jews considered themselves to be, be better than the Gentiles. They considered themselves to be 
the children and the rest of the world to be dogs. This is a bad attitude, and it's, a, it's condescending, but that was the attitude of the day. So in Mark, Jesus says, but Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. Well, if the children are hungry, for crying out loud, don't take the, the food off their table, off their plate, their bread, and give it to the dog while their child is sitting there hungry. So he says, if my people, the Jewish people, are hungry and starving and want this, then it's not right for me to give it to you. Because you're, you know, he wasn't calling her a dog. He well, really was not calling her a dog, but he was saying, this is, this is a common sense. If my people, I've come to the Jews, if the Jews want it, they want it, they're eating it up, I cannot give it to you. Of course, he could because he could always do whatever he wanted, and he had plenty of power everywhere all the time. But he was just really testing her to see how strong her faith would be and how she would respond. Now, going back to the fact that the Tyre, the Tyre people from Tyre were wise people, we're going to expect this woman to come up with a wise answer, and I believe the oh, Holy Spirit she, she inspired really her. Did. You know, she nailed it. Back, she yeah, knocked she, it out of the park. She really did. She, she really did. <laughs> now, the, 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 the Jews taught, you know, a very, had this very derogatory term for the Gentiles. They were considered dogs. And the word that's used for the dogs, the, the, the way that the Jews thought of the Gentiles, dog, the word there was dogs. It means like the, the wild dogs. The pack of dogs, the like unclean the wolf dogs, pack. the roving, the roving dogs, the garbage just eaters, run around the, the garbage consumers. Like it's like you go to India. There's dogs roaming around everywhere. Nobody keeps them as pets because they're they're the garbage eaters. They're running around all over. But and also, the the word dog that was used for dogs to refer to the Gentiles mm-hmm. uh, also referred to uh, a male prostitute. So they were saying, you're like wild, ravenous, unclean dogs, or you're like male, you're like male prostitutes. That's, how the, that's how the yeah. Jews of this day were viewing, for the most part, were viewing gentile the neighbors. Gentile world. But it was a different word that was used here for dogs what was the that word? Jesus said. When, she, when they were talking about dogs, he says, he's playing. Now, I don't think there would be a Jew... I could be wrong. Back in the day, that would keep a dog as a pet. There wasn't because a Jew? they were considered unclean animals. Okay, but here the Gentiles, okay, they had pet dogs. They had a little pet dogs. So the word that Jesus used here is not talking about the wild, ravenous dogs, but the little puppies, the pet dogs that people had in their house. Okay, so so see how this plays out here. Right. So she said, um, he said, I'm not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. This is Matthew. In Mark, he says it pretty much the same. Uh, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the little dogs. Then she answered and said to him in Mark, reading, verse 28, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. And and so her answer to him was, um, uh, she said in verse 27 of, Ma- of Matthew, she says, she said to him, true, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's tables. Or, you know, sometimes children feed the dog under the table. Well, yeah, because their kids are sloppy. 
Well, and besides, they want to feed their pet. It's yeah, a, sometimes they grab a piece and yeah, here, feed the dog. Here, How many here. have seen that? That's pretty common. Here, uh, so she don't. said. Um, so she said, even so, what she's making her point to say is, um, Jesus says it's not good to give the children's bread. Um, the, the healing would be the children's bread in this case, mm-hmm. and throw it to the little dog. She says, Lord, even the little dogs are happy to to eat the the crumbs that fall from their master's table. You have a crumb for me, Jesus. Even a crumb of healing would be enough to heal my daughter. Then Jesus said to her, he's he's pleased. He says, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, in the other case, it, it's uh, the, in, in Matthew, it says, I mean, Mark, he says, um, then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. So he was and she went to her house and found the demon gone out of her daughter lying on the bed. So we see she didn't bring the child to him, uh, according to what Ma- Mark is saying. And he and Jesus wasn't present to heal this child. He didn't go. He didn't go to her house. He just spoke the word he and the demon had, sp- had to go. You know, the thing is. But he was he was com- he was commanding her, commending her faith because she was not put out, set back, uh, dis- discouraged, put cast cast into the, the hand of doubt. Because well, he rejected me. She didn't take it as a rejection. She so many of it of the times, it as an insult. Yeah. Right. She didn't get offended. Mm-hmm. She didn't take it as an insult. She didn't take it as a rejection. She was desperate enough to press in and and humble herself and take the risk of being scolded by the Lord to get for her daughter what she needed. And so she was proving that for herself that she was more hungry for a crumb than the children were for the actual bread they were being served. And we think of the power of the word of Jesus here. He didn't spend 20 minutes saying, I bind you, Satan, in the, you know, in my name, you know, come out of her, blah, 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 blah. We don't, we don't see him doing that. He just says, what's recorded here. Come out. He says, let it be to, as you desire. Let it be as you want. You named it. You called it. You got you it. You called it. You got it. So and the thing for, is. And for this saying, he says, for this saying, the saying that, you know, about the eating the children's crumbs. Uh, yeah, yeah. For this saying, go your way. For the de- the demon has gone out of your daughter. So the demon was was out. He said, "Let it be." He just so says, he, "Let it be according to what you have your desire. Mm-hmm. Let it be according to what, what your faith." Say? He says, "Great is your faith." So let be it. Let it be according mm-hmm. to uh, your let desire. It be to you as you desire. In Matthew, yeah, and that's let it be as you desire. That's enough of the word of Jesus to kick a demon so, that was tormenting, an unclean mm-hmm, spirit mm-hmm. that was tormenting this woman's little girl. So going back to a couple of things, great is your faith. Be it done unto you according to your faith. Great is your faith. So what he was commending and praising the one for was not caving in, not giving up, not going, with what it fe- not going with what she was tempted to feel like, not going with what she was tempted to, to, to look stupid in front of everybody because Jesus embarrassed her, put her down, said no. She didn't care. She was desperate enough to go beyond the fear of being ashamed or looking stupid and push, pushing in and, and the faith, faith in him to do the right thing, to do the good thing. And when she said the little dogs eat the crumbs, he couldn't deny it. He couldn't argue with her. Yes, they do. And so she had, she had sort of stumped him, not really, because I'm thinking he already knew all this conversation, how it would go. But he wasn't stumped. He was pleased. 
that she was able, and I believe for us too, this gives us an example of when you're coming to the Lord God, when you're coming to the court of heaven, when you're making your requests known, making your petitions known, crying out to God, saying, how long? God really likes to entertain your, your, your conversation. What do you say? And, and you can ask the Holy Spirit to help and inspire you on how to pursue and, and press through because this woman was pressing through in her own war, her own psychological war at that moment. She was pressing through the spirits of rejection, offense, shame, um, feeling stupid, uh, and doubt. Well, she was pressing through that in her mind, in her heart, in her soul to go with what she already knew was in her spirit, that God could heal and God was good. Well, who do you suppose was pressing her on this stuff? The enemy, Satan, was right, pressing trying her. trying to stop her yeah, from I'm going sure they're, after they're, him. There were temptation. You know, you should, well, don't come to, you know, maybe don't even come to well, Jesus. Well, and how does, how does Satan do this with human beings, with parents? He wearies them, wears them out, gets them discouraged. They, cause, they look at the circumstances. They look at the track mm-hmm. record. They look at the history. They look at the, 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 the latest event of fit throwing, and whatever. They they, and it's, it's embarrassing to a parent. Right. And so there's something yeah. wrong with me. So when your child's not doing good, it, it reflects back on you. But the thing, that's what we say. But, that, but you know what? It's a spiritual attack. That's all it is. The demon has attacked your child. And if a demon was, a, uh, if a human was attacking your child physically and you saw it, you'd go after it. You wouldn't be afraid. You wouldn't be ashamed. You wouldn't be tim- intimidated. You wouldn't be timid. You would go after that, that thing. As You wouldn't s- just stand there and let the... The, the thief, the robber, the kidnapper, do what he wanted to as what, much as was in your power. So she had spiritual power here that she did not even know until she saw uh, that she, again, again, it was her desperation and her faith that, pers- that caused her to get the victory. Because if she would have just turned around at that point and said, well, I asked, he said no. Disciples chased her away. Whoa. Double whammy. What do I got? Nobody's on my side. You know, Jesus said that and and, you know another time he did something like that when the rich young ruler came and he said good master what must i do to inherit eternal life jesus didn't jump on the opportunity to lead him in the salvation sinner's prayer what he did is he said there's none good but one and that's god he almost like turned him off he almost like set him uh, on his heels and said you know there's nobody good you're trying to be good there's nobody good nobody good you get it it's not about good works or being good or keeping all the commandments. This was a, again, where the person could have been offended. I guess it's a good word. She could have been offended and discouraged. How many of you right now, and you have to realize, your, da- your daughter, your son's uh, condition, you do have power and control to do something about it. You don't, it's not that you're helpless. I don't care what the doctors tell you. I don't care what the, you have the, every right to go to the throne of grace, the throne of, and the time, he says, go, come boldly to the throne of grace and mercy in the time of trouble to present your case, present your case, uh, show me, command me, he says, command ye me things concerning my sons and daughters in, in Isaiah 25, I think it is. Okay, God is saying, come on, let's have it out. Talk to me about it. You know, and I don't think Jesus was trying to have her persuade him. I already know he wanted to do it, but he was proving he was he was he was being justified in breaking the the rule of going to the Jews first by this woman's petition. He was justified in answering her because she also was a, a human being created by God, and her rights and her needs were just as valid 
as we see, in a, even in Isaiah, where he talks about, you know, the light shined on, being shown on the Gentiles, that even then, way back then, the plan was for God to eventually get to the Gentiles. Well, her faith, her faith was proven. You know, I mean, basically... And your faith might be proven, <coughs> what, too, what in God, your request. What God was, what Jesus was doing here was exposing her faith. Yeah, exposing her faith. Exposing her faith. As a positive thing. Because, yeah, because... The depth of it. What what he threw up as, you said, as maybe... A a, a resistance. What seemed like a resistance or seemed uh, maybe like a rejection. Like a no. It was just, you know, proving that... God. um, Her faith was strong. Her faith was strong. Her faith was real. See, I think what happens, well, just, you know, in in the behind the scenes... The devil would come to him and say, you don't have a right to touch her. She's mine. She's a Syrophoenician. She's a Tyre from Tyre. She, she's not one of yours. She's a Gentile. You do not have a right to touch her or test her or, or, or keep her. But, but here's the rule. The rule is whom we yield ourselves servants to obey. So Jesus put her to the test to prove to the devil that this woman had enough faith and was voting with Jesus, believing in him, and believing he could cast out this demon. So that's why he took her to the second level of the test. Okay, um, that was where the discussion began. Well, you know, it's not good to, to feed the, the, the crumbs to the children, but even the children eat the crumbs under the table. Um, so she came back, and so Satan had nothing to with, with which to counter move or resist. So that for the healing to be successful, the woman passed the test. Satan had to be shut up, and Jesus' power again, was demonstrated as it is everywhere. So when you're going up before the Lord and you're running into a roadblock, whether it's doubt or fear or condemnation or it is what it is or nothing's ever going to change, you ask the Lord before you petition for your own child, petition for yourself, Lord, what is the lie that I'm believing that's causing me to, to be discouraged here? She was desperate. Are you desperate or discouraged? Desperate and discouraged obviously are not the same thing. Because you can get discouraged and feel desperate, but feeling desperate is an energy. That is a, that is a, yeah, I'm not it, done yet. There is something mm-hmm. out there. There is hope. I'm going for I, it. I'm going for it. I'm, I'm keeping going. Desperation. She was. She was refighting discouragement by, be, and the desperation was actually a good thing. Yeah. Desperation. It's like. Because when you're desperate, you're done. You're done fooling around with everybody else's ideas, opinions, recommendations, and you're going to God. But to do that, you yourself have to stand on the solid rock and say, you know what, God? I, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, I, I do. There is sin in my generation. Lord, this, this spirit has been bugging my people for four generations. We have deaf and dumb. We have autism. We have sexual assault. We have perversions. So what we do when we come is confess our sins. She confessed the truth that the children, um, the, the little, the, the, the dogs, if she was a dog, okay, I'm a dog. Compared to these children, I'm a dog. But I would be happy as a dog to eat what's, what they don't want. What they don't want is good enough, is enough to fix what I need. Just give me the crumb. The question is, you know, where where do you go when you're desperate? You know, so some people just, just check out. Yeah. They, they go to, you know, destruction. They go to all kinds of destructive ways. They just leave, um, you know. Give go, it up. Go, go, into, go into drugs. Go into unbelief. Go into rejection. Anger, bitterness. Go into bitterness anger, bitterness. Big, go into mm-hmm. self-pity. Mad at God. All this stuff. And, and your desperation is overcome by discouragement and, 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 and just destruction mm-hmm. that, that's a result of that. But the, the desperation, but let, yeah. and I, I believe, Marjorie, we need to pray right now mm-hmm. for, for people that have children Go for it. or grandchildren Go for it. 
Father, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, we agree. We thank you for this Hallelujah. one that's listening today. Praise you, Jesus. Father, in the name that of come Jesus, to you. That, that, that realize that yes, they Jesus. have children, Heal. they have grandchildren that, child. that are, are bound by the enemy. They're bound by habits. Give them They're your bound faith, by Lord. Hallelujah. pornography. They're bound done. by drugs. They're bound Mighty with autism. They're miracles. bound with Father, uh, rebellion. Hope. They're bound, yes, bound with sicknesses and Praise diseases. Praise you, Jesus. Right yes, now, Lord. in the Lord. name of Jesus, yes, yes, you are the Lord. we break the power of the enemy. Yes, we do. And I pray that Hallelujah. this parent, this mother, this father, that has this grandmother, right now, would be able to discern, with hope, discern what's faith, going on in the spirit the revelation among Jesus these, Christ. Yes. Uh, with these children and these grandchildren, Father, See, in the name of Jesus, that their faith and that they will address these things yes. as believers in the name of Jesus, be not afraid. that they yes. will, we bind the powers of hell and in spirits these children. of fear, offense, we loose bitterness, the spirit of God, set them yes, free, Father God, bind all those set them free and equip Healing. Lord, you've given us the authority as believers and we confess to the set sins the captives free. Of their generation, the sins of uncleanness that have been yes. made, the many agreements that are made with uncleanness and perversions, uh, mental illness. By, by the way, mental illness is a product out, uh, uh, that comes out of sexual assault. So, Lord God, we come against these spirits of mental torment and, and we confess the sins yes. of uncleanness on our behalf. Name. We repent, we confess them, we repent for our own participation, then we forgive the people who sexually assaulted us. We they turn the crimes over to the high court of heaven, forgiving and releasing those people to God for judgment. And we declare now that these, as it as your faith, so be it unto you. And let their faith be the faith of Jesus Christ, not just in Jesus, but, but of, of Jesus. Jesus so, Lord Jesus, we pray now through this prayer, as Jerry has prayed, and I agree, that these people will receive deliverance. Their children will be delivered from demons. Yes. Their children will be set free from the spirits mm-hmm. of uncleanness, torment, uh, in, uh, anxiety, uh, fear, terror, dread, yes. Uh, yes. violence, self-injury, suicide, depression, uh, autism, that there will be deliverances from demons, that these children, the crumbs that are falling from your table, O oh God, to feed your children will fall on the people who are desperate, and they will be re- received and, and healed. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Check us out and keep listening. Rescue Radio. <laughs> I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.